The readings today are very strong and very direct that I cannot find another meaning than the literal meaning that is there, that speaks in a very concrete way about inequality in the world, that speaks in the first reading how comfortable some people are under couches and beds of ivory, and then the gospel that speaks very clearly about this rich man and all his parties and feasts, and then this poor Lazarus who is outside. So I cannot go to heaven because all these things are happening here on earth. So let's go through this gospel. It's very interesting how Jesus proposes this parable and we can find in this parable some things that maybe we don't find in other parables from Jesus. The first thing that we see here is that there is a name. Usually in the parables of Jesus, there is no names. If we hear the prodigal son, there are no names in the prodigal son. It's the younger brother, the older brother, the father, and all this. You see, all these kind of things don't have names. But here, and only here, Jesus will name the poor man. Lazarus is his name. And Lazarus comes from a Hebrew word, a composed word that is El Azar, that means that whom God helps, which doesn't make sense with Lazarus because it looks like God is not helping him in this case if we use the mind of some people to say that those who are rich and those who are prosperous are blessed by God and those who are poor are not blessed by God, right? That's a mentality that is not Christian. But his name means that whom God helps. That's Lazarus, the only name that we find in scriptures. And Lazarus is a poor man, poverty, total poverty. Second, he is ill. Most likely he's on the floor, he is very ill. Third, the dogs come and lick his sores. The doors are impure animals. So even for the ritual, for the temple, he is impure. He cannot come close to the community. He cannot go to the temple. He cannot be part of the community. So he is poor, he is ill, and he is ostracized. He is totally away from the community. What else can you get, right? So this poor man is really, really poor. And then we have the rich man who is dressed in purple garments and, and dines sumptuously each day and has parties every day. It is the each, every day has parties. Who can do that? Uh, and then uh, <laughs> the rich man, both of them ended in the same thing that all human beings will end, death. The poor man dies, the rich man dies, but they go to different places. They go, he, the rich man goes to the netherworld and the poor man goes to Abraham's bosom. And even there, this rich man is asking Abraham to send Lazarus. He's still thinking that he's superior. Send Lazarus here, I want to drink something. And then where the time comes in the parable, he asks again, send Lazarus to my brothers who will not pay attention to Moses and the prophets, but they will pay attention if Lazarus will rise from the dead. 
So that's the context of this reading, but it's, it's very concrete. Some people might use this gospel to say, oh yeah, you are poor, you know, God is going to give you your reward in heaven. You just wait, be patient, endure this situation here on earth, be poor because you will go directly to heaven. And many people, Christian Catholics, who still think that way, that, that very complacent way. But if, if we think that way, we're going to give the reason to Karl Marx. You remember who Karl Marx is, who said religion is the opium of the people. Religion is the opium of the people because it's just, oh yeah, now wait in God that your life is going to change and you just, you know, you just suffer. Your life is going to change. God is going to give you reward. That would be religion as the opium of the people. Because the invitation to all of us is not to be complacent with poverty and illness and inequality in this world. But we as Catholics and as Christians are called to transform the world. Look that in the Catholic Church, there is, a, there is, yeah, there is the clergy who are supposed to inspire all the lay people to go out and transform the world. So lay people, all of you are called to transform the world in the context where you live. That means even with politics. There is a terrible issue with inequality and is that in the case of poverty, poverty is a social sin. It's not just some, it's not a, it's not a punishment from God on a person. It's a social sin. It's a structural sin because if the stru structure doesn't change, then we will continue to live in inequality. And the structure will change when all the lay people feel inspired to change the world. And how do you change the world? There are many people who are into politics. We all have the right to vote. Not me in this country, but you all have the right to vote and to, be, to have a very informed conscience that you're going to choose the right person who is going to transform truly the world and this structural sin and this poverty. Because we do well here at St. Joe's at helping in emergencies. You're very generous people. You give a lot of money to Mozambique and Malawi and all the missions and all the people who come here for help. But those are emergencies. And yes, we have to act in those moments. But are, what are we going to do to do something from the root, to try to change the minds and hearts and the lives of people who are suffering, who are living within their means, who are, who are living within one dollar every day. And that's very difficult, we know that. But we should do more. And I think one of those things, and we were talking the other day, one of those things that we can help is to help with education. Education is something that transforms the minds of people, especially in countries, developing countries, like the one I'm coming from. If we help with education, there are many people who cannot go to college. I was telling Cherry the other day that I had a classmate in the countryside 
who never passed first grade. Three, four years, he tried and tried to pass first grade, but the family was very poor. They didn't have someone to work the land, so the kid had to go and work the land. And he was never able to focus on his education. He never passed the first grade, and he is there. In the work in the land, which is not bad, but he never received that education. There are many people who cannot go to college. They finish high school because high school is free. But then college, how can they have this education where they can have a much better job? There are many things that you can do. You can go to these countries and speak English. You don't have to teach English. You don't have to learn more. Just if you practice with them, if they hear a native speaker speaking English, their lives are going to be transformed. They can have a much better job in a bilingual company. We can help people to go to college, which is very inexpensive in those countries. But many people don't have the opportunity. There are many ways that we can help transform the lives of people. If they go to college, their mind will be more open. They will get to know more people. They will get to know new experiences. And they will want to be someone different. They will want to do something different in their lives and transform the lives of their families. We need to try to find something that transforms the lives of people. Yes, let's help with emergency. But what are we doing to transform the structural poverty structural, social sin that is present in our world, that is inequality. St. Ambrose, who was a saint in the fourth century, said something that is very strong. He said that when you give something to people, you are not giving them what is yours. You're giving them what belongs to them because the earth is producing so much things, so many things, so much richness. But the problem is inequality, that they cannot have access because others have taken it. And yes, you have not taken it like the poor, like the rich man here in the gospel. The gospel doesn't say that he was a thief, that he was uh, abusing the workers. The gospel is not saying anything like that. It was just his indifference. He was never able to see Lazarus. That was just indifference from him. He never killed anybody. He didn't stole anything. It was just his indifference, that his richness, his wealthy, his parties every day, this rich food, blind his eyes, and he was not able to see Lazarus. So I hope that during this week or today, you know, everybody is different, every family is different, and, and you are very generous people. But think of how can we transform the lives of people from the root, from the root of the problem, poverty, which is probably one of the worst problems. Pope Francis says in a video uh, that came out in May last, this year, he was saying, who is the poorest of the poorest of the poorest in the world? He said, the poorest in the world is Mother Earth. Mother Earth 
who is going to defend it. We saw so many students marching, protesting on the streets around the world. And some people might say, oh, this thing about climate change, we shouldn't pay attention to this. But if we have millions of people marching on the streets, that means it must, some, there must be some truth there. And how can we do something, even in our own homes, to transform this, to help even our Mother Earth? Let's continue to pray and ask the Lord to inspire us the words and actions, the policies that we need to demand from politicians, the concrete action that we might be able to do this week in our families, in our homes. Let's continue to ask the Lord to inspire us and to show us the way. How can we transform the world Bring the word of Jesus Christ to people. And the word of Jesus Christ is not just an ephemeral and, and, and word that is not going to transform. The word of God needs to change, to transform the lives of people. And hopefully, that is what the Lord is going to inspire us this week.